welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host, as usual, Boston White, aka Amanda, and I am joined by two gorgeous friends of mine today. So I am joined by the lovely Nick. Hello. And the beautiful Paulie D. Hello there. I'm so excited for this episode today. Guys, got so much to get through. Lots to talk about. Yeah, it all seems to be revolve around one subject, mind you, but there is an awful lot to get through. An awful, awful lot. But before we get into any of it, I'm going to start the show as we always do with what we're drinking. So Nick, over to you. I've got uh, a Brewdog Indie. I forgot to put it in the fridge, so I've got it with uh, some ice already melting in a cup. I'm going to pour it in right now. Perfect. Polly, do you drink in? I'm all about traditional English tonight. So I've got a nice cup of tea and a gin and tonic and some nice biscuits. Oh, you are so British. Are <laughs> you the queen? I am tonight. Uh-huh. It was cool late last time. but Now, are they nice biscuits or are they nice biscuits? I never know. Neither. Okay. The little chocolate chip cookies. Oh my god, you would not Jesus Christ, that is way more head than there is beer. <laughs> I don't know what's gone wrong. I used to work in a bar. I used to be able to pour beer into a, a can or at least pour a pint, but that is that is shocking. I'm gonna take a <laughs> embarrassing. Amazing. Well, I am only just now getting over my wedding hangover because my beautiful sister Ash got married this last Saturday. So I'm still dying, but her and the dog, I'm drinking a Budweiser. <laughs> and congratulations. We saw some photos and uh, you look stunning. And Thank actually, you. And, and I was talking about your sister and, and her husband. <laughs> I mean, look, you scrub up as well. Look, I, I think if there's one thing that we can take away from uh, this year, it's that when either of us attend a wedding, we scrub up really well. We are pretty dapper. Yeah. Imagine us both at a wedding. Jesus Christ, that blow everybody's minds. It would be like crossing the street. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. What have you went to a wedding dresses each other? That's a scary thought. Honestly, I'd be, I'd be well up for that. You know, I've always, I've always wanted to do a bit of cross dressing. I, I think I could be a really good drag artist. So okay, so basically, someone needs to invite both of us to their wedding so we can make <laughs> If you get married, soon, invite us. Yeah, if if um if any listeners want to invite us to their wedding, um, I mean, you'll have to pay the airfare if it's in the states, but you know that's fine. It's, it'll be mm-hmm. worth it. We'll be going. So, and uh, you can even choose the color of the dress and whether it's got straps or not. Perfect, love it. Okay, so enough cross dressing after dark. <laughs> this is Universe of the Dark, and we are talking all about Halloween Horror Nights today. So, we skipped an episode last week while I was preparing for Ash's wedding, so we didn't get the chance to talk about our final original house announcement. And this was one that we've talked about quite a lot while it was rumoured. And I think that we had a kind of, well, I anyway had like a set idea of what I thought that it was going to be like, and it turned out to be completely wrong. I'm a little bit disappointed, but not really disappointed. Oh, I was a little. And yeah. I, I only say that because I know how how much you've been talking up 
what you thought it was going to be. And so I'd kind of got it into my head that that's what it was going to be. I was honestly so convinced that what it is what it was. And I think Chris even wrote an article for HHN Official, like talking about the exact same thing because he had like posts of the creative team going to the cemetery. And I was like, okay, if that's the backing it up and it's what's in my head, surely this is what it's going to be. Um, like, I'm still really excited about it. So this house announcement was Graveyard Games. And so my, if you missed the last episode that we talked about it, I had kind of thought that this was going to be based on Highgate Cemetery in London, which is famous for being haunted by vampires. Supposedly. Factually, if you may. Um, but that was kind of what I've said sound it being about. It's not. It is just a general ghostly graveyard house. But I personally think that this is going to be the most beautiful of the houses. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I think it sounds good. I mean... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. Uh, you know, to be honest, does a, I don't have the same. I don't. I don't think actually me or Paulie D actually have the same uh, connection with graveyards that you do. Like, <laughs> I don't, me and Paulie D would go to graveyard to chill out at night, for example. Uh, no, I would. <laughs> that's that's the point I'm making. So, I think it will be a good-looking house. I bet they'll do some really. Um, nice effects of making it look like a graveyard because I mean they're, they're really good at you know whatever they put their minds to making it look as realistic as possible but to me I, I, you know it's just yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't blown away that said quite often you know the, the houses that they announce that don't blow me away tend to be the ones that have the biggest impact so um, mm-hmm. I think this could be the shocker for a lot of people I don't think Anyone is really amped and think this is going to be house of the year or anything like that. But I think it's really going to surprise people. I for sure think it's going to surprise people. So the storyline for this one is that we are going to be in the Ascension Parish Cemetery. This little line is what really started triggering my imagination because in the Twisted Tradition Scarzen that we had last year, we had that gorgeous churchy schoolhouse structure so I imagine that we'll have something similar maybe like near the facade or as the facade and so it says it's normal to find teens playing amongst the tombstones you'll find yourself witnessing eh, the graveyard I go to yeah exactly (laughs) it's me (laughs) but I'm not a teen well you could be mistaken You'll find yourself witnessing the repercussions of their disrespectful antics of two teens who have awakened the spirits of the dead. As you roam through the cemetery, you'll wind through dark mausoleums and decaying piles of coffins. Gorgeous sounding. I'm trying to decide whether this will be a kind of winter setting, which is something that Halloween Horror Nights do amazingly, or whether it's going to have more of an autumnal feel to it. I think because we've got the Yeti house, I'd be surprised if they use that kind of setting twice, mm-hmm. which leads me to think it will probably be more autumnal. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Ghosts of every shape and form will rise from the tombstones to exact their revenge as you try and escape the maze of crumbling tombstones and mausoleums. Skeletal beings, ghastly apparitions, and vengeful spirits will drag you to the grave. I can't help thinking it just it's, it sounds like the scene from the haunted mansion when you're in the doom buggy and you go through the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I hope that they have like a little nod to that. That would be so cool. Yeah. You reckon they'll let us play hide and shriek? <sighs> maybe another cool thing about this house is that it's going to have an interactive element to it which is something that i love i always love a little bit of interactivity so while we are in line to go into the house we can chat with local teens and storytellers of the town to get a little bit more of the backstory so to do that we'll need to have access to facebook messenger and we will go to the Halloween Horror Night Facebook page, and there we can message the people from this town. Nice. I love it. Mm. So in the past, and I'm talking like 10 years ago plus, we used to get a lot of backstories to the houses on the Halloween Horror Night's website, and it was super interactive. So a lot of the time it was like games that you could play and then you'd learn clues about the houses and you could unlock like extra levels to the story. And I loved that. That was one of my favorite things about the event. So I'm very excited to have something along those lines coming back. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Good, I mean, it's... Sorry, sorry. No. I We're think... British thing, aren't we? Where it's like... I'm not going now. I'm not talking. <laughs> Please do. Nope. I'm done. <laughs> I just came out with nonsense. <laughs> Always interrupt me. Uh, no, I think it's. I think it sounds good. I think it sounds fun. Um, as I said, like I was a little bit disappointed with the initial announcement, but I think when you actually break down, you know what they're going to be doing with it. I, I think it. As I said, it, I think it will really surprise people. I think it will be um, a lot more fun than. I first initially thought it was going to be. For sure. And it's our final original. We don't actually have that many originals this year. Oh, my God. You know what else we haven't spoken about? Yep. Us. Yep. Well, I mean, we introduce ourselves at the beginning <laughs> of the time. You know. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. I forgot that we haven't spoken about that. You know what? It's because we spoke about it secretly so many times. Yeah, I mean we pretty much spent the last half an hour of an episode telling <laughs> it was us in as many creative ways as we could possibly do without, uh, you know, actually saying the film us, that's going to be a maze. Um, yes. <laughs> we've known it for quite a while that it was, well, the, the, the problem is with a lot of these things is until it's officially announced, anything can happen and we've seen this happen previously we talked about this with uh screen one year where that was pulled right at the last minute because the, the contracts uh weren't agreed and they couldn't do the house anymore so quite often with these things we hear about them and we know that it's serious but until we know that contract signed then anything can happen we would talk we like we knew about ghostbusters for quite a while Yes. Um, and I know that they had dropped their own hints before the announcement as well, which led people to believe that as well. Um, but we know that the negotiations for that went on for quite a while. And it was a bit as um, 
Alex Ferguson would say squeaky bum time because we knew how close it was to being a done deal and we had to wait for that announcement before we could kind of breathe a sigh of relief that it actually was coming. So with all these things, there's always that kind of fear. And I actually just rewatched us. So yeah. So with, with the, the IPs this year, um, I'm going to make a a conscious effort to, to watch all of them. So I I watched Killer Clowns recently um, although it's more John Mazzari's fault than anything else. And, <laughs> um, and so I thought I'd better watch Us uh, as well. Oh, I watched Ghostbusters as well, to be fair. Um, but yes, yeah, so I rewatched Us and I much preferred it on a second viewing. I, I still don't think it's as good as Get Out was. I know you disagree with me there, Amanda. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I did enjoy it more. And obviously, once you've watched the film and you know where it's going it's the little Easter eggs that you didn't notice the first time around. So one of the things that I noticed this time watching it was right at the beginning of the film, when you see the TV commercial for Hands Across America, mm-hmm. um, Le Fleur, which is the song which plays over the end credits, yeah. is actually, there's, there's a rendition of that in the background, like playing uh, in the advert. Amazing. It's a different. It's a different version. It's more like a, I don't know, like a lift version of it. Um, that kind of like soft, uh, non-vocal performance, but you can hear it. And so, obviously, when the film starts, like, oh, okay, right. So it's already telling you the end of the film before you've seen it, but you wouldn't get that on a first watch. So it was little bits and pieces like that, but I did enjoy it a lot more. And watching the film, knowing it's now going to be a house, I watched the film thinking, right. So are we going to see this? How are they going to do that? So it was quite fun re-watching it because now I've got my own ideas of, of what we might see in the house. Amazing. I feel like you could watch us 10 times and still not see every single Easter egg or nod to another film that's in it. Yes. There's so, so much. It's, it's very deep um, in the visuals in terms of um there's there's one bit when they they first walk on the beach and uh-huh. the way that, because the camera angle is up high uh you see their shadows walking in line with them which obviously kind of like alludes to the fact that there's there's two versions amazing as well I little love things like that. this film so much it honestly is like one of my favorite films I've seen in a very long time I think it's so well done and I think We've spoken in length on this podcast about how, well, both of us really, Nick, didn't think that would work very well as a house. Mm. I'm very much hoping to be proved wrong. I think I will be proved wrong because I know that the creative team blows away every year with every house that they do. Um, But you're right in saying that when you're watching it, knowing for sure that it's going to be a house, it does start to kind of fall in place a little bit more. Well, the the building that they're, you know, where us is going to be housed in the parks, obviously the construction on that is well underway. And the outside of the building at the moment does look very similar to the, I don't know what it is, the attraction, the museum um, that she walks into right at the beginning of the film under the boardwalk. Yeah. Um, so the fun house. Yeah. So I imagine that's probably where we'll, we'll start off. And already... I hate mirror mazes. <laughs> so I know that we're definitely going to get a mirror maze 
I was hoping towards the end, but we're probably going to get it right at the beginning. So, for sure. And it says in the um, blog post about it that we're going to spot a familiar character outside of the fun house. I don't know whether that's meaning that they're going to do some kind of effect, not a mirror, but some kind of effect where we'll see like ourselves. Uh, yeah. Maybe so not something, something like Jack. Well, I don't know. Like that was kind of my first thought that we'd see like a Halloween Horror Night icon of some kind. Like maybe mm. Jack, like pointing towards next year. But then I started thinking maybe they're gonna do something like really cool, and it will be us. Kind of like in Forbidden Journey, you know, when the Dementor breathes, and then you can see like your face in the smoke. Mm. Maybe something kind of like that kind of effect. I don't know. Yeah. But apparently they have not left like barely anything out of out of this maze. We're going to see everything from the film. I mean, you you so, get those. Sorry, mistake. Sorry, I was just going to say that there's there's some good options, isn't there? There's there's some quite different scenes in the film, so you could see there being, you know, four or five very different rooms. For sure. And things that we're definitely going to see that have been named in the blog post was the Wilson Family Beach House, Santa Cruz Pier, the Fun House, the Tunnels, and face-to-face with the Tethered, a group of terrifying doppelgangers of every man, woman, and child in the country. Nice. Um, Yeah, I wondered, like, going back to what you were saying, Amanda, about what could be outside, have you seen those smart mirrors that they do? No. So what they do, it's um, they design it. They normally have them in like real high end clothes shops, but the idea is is that you stand in front of the mirror, and then you choose whatever it is, whatever item of clothing that you've looked at that you would like to try on. And rather than you actually go and find the dress and try it on or the top, whatever it is, you stand there and the mirror basically projects it onto you. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, like like in the mirror, it doesn't project it onto your body. But if you're looking <laughs> at yourself in a mirror, you will be wearing that item of clothing. So you can How do they do them. that? Uh, I think it's like AR or something. I, I'm not really sure on the technology. I've seen it demonstrated a few times. That so, is so weird. Yeah, so I've not, I've not actually experienced it in a shop yet. Um, apparently Primark don't have them. Um, <laughs> yeah, Primark or, or H&M actually and then all the ones are frequent but um, yeah uh, so I've not seen it in real life in, in, in a shop environment but I have seen it uh, in displays um, I'm noticing that you look slimmer as well unfortunately yeah. not yeah. no that's so the annoying it. thing yeah, yeah unfortunately not um, but yeah you stand there and you, you select the item of clothing you want to to see on you and then you know you're looking at yourself in the mirror and the item of clothing is is on you I mean obviously when you start moving about it doesn't look quite right um, but if you're sat, stood there quite still then you can see what it would look like on to know whether or not the colour would suit you or something that's going to be a big loss maker if you get if you get my both my daughters in those changing rooms, you just literally won't get them out for the rest of the day <laughs> as they try on everything three times. That's possibly why they haven't uh, they haven't found their way into lots of shops yet. Yeah, but yeah, it could so it could be something like that, Amanda, where you know you stand in front of the mirror and then you are put into a red jumps jumpsuit. 
something. I'm hoping so. Like that could be ridiculously cool. Yeah. With a little hitchhiking ghost by the side of you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you never know. Crossover. Yeah. But now, now that we know shorts come in, I'm very, very excited to see exactly how it's going to be done. And I think that this is brilliant for Halloween Horror Nights because this is a very recent film and was a very popular film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like building a strong relationship with Jordan Peele can only be good things. In the same way that I think building a relationship with Blumhouse can only be good things because Jordan Peele is taking over the horror market right now. Well, he... Um... Because, I mean, it wasn't a Blumhouse production. No, it's it Multipart. Yeah, which is Jordan Peele's company. But it was executive produced by Jason Bloom. Mm-hmm. So it still has that that pedigree associated. It's also Universal property. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those films were released through Universal. So that's another kind of tick in the box there as well for the relationship. And l- like you say, you know, he's doing um, The Twilight Zone at the moment over on CBS and uh, it won't be long before he comes up with something else, which will no doubt also be, you know, horror seems to be where he's quite comfortable at the moment. And, you know, anyone that kind of has followed his career, he obviously started off in comedy. So I think he's quite enjoying at the moment the uh, the freedom to, to kind of express himself in different ways. And I mean, all of the film, like, you know, Get Out as well as Us, both have comedic moments in there. So they're not yeah. straight up, horror films but then i would also argue as well are they are both of them really traditional horror films i'd say they're more on the thriller side of things than horror yeah yeah i I feel like he he's making his own mark in the horror industry i feel Mm. i'm not like it that's his brand like you know that it's a jordan peele film yeah i mean the thing is like i and i've said before i'm not a fan of like really gory horror films i much prefer mine to be more psychological and mm-hmm. you know that so these films are are more preferable to me than something like hostile or some of the later saw films um which i, I didn't really uh enjoy it but the, the first saw film especially i thought was extremely clever um then it just seemed to be how how much can we uh make them more bloody and gory rather than being clever about things but there you go for sure so moving on to earlier today fast forwarding in time a little bit we caught up on what we missed so halloween highlights tweeted earlier today from their account that we were gonna have an announcement later on this afternoon approximately five minutes later rob zombie himself leaked his own scare zone yeah, I mean, before the announcement was scheduled, did he did he miss a memo? Did he think that because <laughs> they said there was going to be an announcement, that meant that he could just blurt out what was going on? I, I, I don't mean, I feel know. like Rob Zombie does what Rob Zombie wants, right? And no one else messes with Rob Zombie. But I was delighted to hear that this was a hundred percent accurate and it was out there and it was officially coming so we were a little unsure about whether this scare zone was going to be rob zombie films and music just rob zombie films or just rob zombie music it turns out that it is just based on rob zombie's album hell billy deluxe 
And I feel like that's made people warm to the scares in a little bit more because I find that Rob Zombie is a little bit like Marmite. You either love him or you really do not love him. I was going to say, I was confused because I thought he's nothing like Marmite. <laughs> that's a I yeast mean, spread. <laughs> he might be yeasty and ready. I don't know. That is very true. We, we've not been that close to Rob Zombie. I mean, I wish that I was that close to Rob Zombie. I freaking love Rob Zombie. Not if he was yeasty. Not if he was yeasty. But in all other situations, yeah. I adore Rob Zombie. I adore Rob Zombie's films. I adore his music. I didn't care what the scaring was going to be as long as it was Rob Zombie themed in some way. And I do definitely feel like I've seen more people be a little bit nicer about it now that we know that it is just kind of cornered and it's just one album. I know that you guys are not Rob Zombie fans. How are we Mr. D? I don't know what you look like. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, neutral. Don't, I'm really been exposed to much Rob Zombie stuff. But uh, yeah, for Halloween Horror Nights, bring it on. I mean, I used to really like his uh, his intro music to uh, Edge, the retired WWE wrestler. I loved Edge. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, that that kind of is my Rob Zombie output. I've never really fancied any of his films, even the, the Halloween reboots that he did. Wait, have you not seen House of a Thousand Corpses? Uh, because it's not been announced yet, I haven't watched it. Obviously, if it gets ever. announced this year, I will be. Um, no, no, because I mean, the thing is, like, I've never been um, a huge horror fan anyway. Uh, I've watched more horror probably in the last three or four years than I did in the previous 20. Um, I've seen like the, the big things like, you know, a uh, fair few of the Nightmare on Elm Streets and uh, Friday the 13th and uh, trying to think of other Scream. But, um, yeah, I've never really been into uh, major horror films. I just, I, I think growing up, I always just assumed horror meant just um, outrageous gore, and so okay. I've, I've kind of shot away. Whilst I think I've I've realised that you know more recent times that um, horror doesn't have to just be that; it can be that, and sometimes can only be that. But uh, quite often, that that isn't it. I mean, I love The Wicker Man. And that's considered a horror film. I see. The original, not the Nick Cage one where he screams about <laughs> being, you know, that's that's clearly more a comedy. But uh, Wow. Yeah. Well, the description of this house, and there isn't an awful lot of it, it's very minimal, says, you know his music, now it's time to live it. Step into the heavy metal horror of Rob Zombie's music and imagery in this pulse pounding scare zone. From otherworldly beings to brutal maniacs, you'll come face to face with his twisted creations as the music cranks to a frenzy. So we'll hear things like Live and Dead Girl, like Super Beast, like Dragula. I am going to live in the scare zone. I don't think I've ever been so excited for a scare zone, honestly. I love Rob Zombie. I love his entire vibe. I love every single thing that he does. And I think that he is brilliant at what he does. He has his, like Jordan Peele, you know if it's a Rob Zombie film. So the fact that it says that we'll see Rob Zombie imagery, I don't know whether that's going to be like stuff from his music videos or like album covers or whether we maybe could see some characters from some of his films. I know that you guys haven't seen them, but 
you know, characters like Otis B. Driftwood, who's my favourite. Well, one of my favourite horror characters of all time. And then we've got characters from 31, like Doomhead, or characters from Lord of Salem. I am obsessed with this already. Why are none of them just called Steve? That's not scary. Yeah, but, well, make it scary. How many scary people do you know called Steve? Hashtag make Steve scary. Um, (laughs) Let's see if we can get that trending. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought, and this is only my assumption, if it's based around an album, I would have thought that all of the the characters would be either from the album cover or, as you say, from any videos. Um, I know, I don't know if Rob Zombie Direct this has happened to, but I know with people like Alice Cooper, they've had tying comic books to albums. Um, that happens quite often. Some, you know, if there was like something associated like that, where there are other characters involved there, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether the fact that it's just tied to an album will make it too much of a niche scare zone now. Like at least if there's some characters from films there, it'll open it up a little bit to a wider audience. But at the same time, like I said earlier, I will watch all the films that are going to be IPs this year. I will listen to this album. If I can find it, I will listen to this album. So I will send you a Spotify link. Yeah, I don't do Spotify. But, you know, okay. I'm, I'm, too, I'm too poor for Spotify. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I will listen to this album before I go to give me an idea of what I might expect. You know, even if it's just the music, do you know what I mean? It will still give me an idea of what I'm expecting to hear there. So my my musical interest in in Rob Zombie uh, doesn't really exist. So therefore, I've got I've got a rough idea of you know I've, I've had bits and pieces of his music, but not much. So I've got an idea of what it's going to be like, but if I actually get a chance to listen to it, then I've got more of an idea of, of what to expect. You are going to be Dragula number one fan by the time September comes around. Let's see. Yeah, you're going to be dressing like Rob Zombie. I can see it with the little wigs. Does he wear dresses? No. I still can't believe I outed myself earlier. <laughs> that I, that's something I wanted to do. That's, that's weird. Well, you are how you are. Yeah. So the next is an original scare zone, and that is an arcade. So that is an 80s inspired arcade, and it's going to be in the Avenue of the Stars. At first glance, we may think it's a party, but we'll quickly learn that game over means the permanent end for us. A gang of neon slashers are out to play, and this is one game we won't want to lose. I, I mean, it doesn't really give much away with this, but... I was very excited when I saw this earlier. Being a massive fan of like arcades and stuff like that, I imagine that we're going to see people either in kind of like neon lit costumes or, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll have clothing that looks like 8-bit, that kind of like pixelated look. Interesting. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever shopped in places or on places like Think Geek, but mm-hmm. you'd be able to buy things like uh, tyres that would look like they were an uh, an 80s arcade game in that they'd be like blocks. That's cool. Like that. So, I, you know, it could be that they make the costumes look like they're actual video game characters in the, in the design of it, or we could see some neon. I don't know. Either way, though, I'm very excited by this. This one has piqued my interest for sure. I kind of like that we don't know a lot about it, 
because it's going to be like a little surprise like it's it's not very often that we especially in what we do get to be surprised by something at a theme park yeah and i feel like we not knowing many details we'll go into this one a little bit blind it could be anything so i'm very excited that in three weeks time we'll be in halloween horror nights week God. And all Luke will be there on opening night, and I will try not to watch spoilers. I always fail. I'm definitely but, um, going to this year. I managed to do it when I was going last time. And the, th- you, the thing is, the temptation is strong, right? I know. Strong. It is. Um, but I'm going to do my utmost to avoid spoilers as well for the same, the same reason. Um, scare zones, I'm not as bothered about. Because I feel they're kind of spoiled if you're going early anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing I hate about staying screen. It's the only thing I hate about staying screen is the fact that scare zones in bright light always look a little bit naff. Mm-hmm. They really come alive when it starts to get dark. Oh, um, for sure. So that, that's that's the the downside. So don't mind too much. I see a, a few things that spoil scare zones, but even then. I don't mind seeing like the odd photo or a very short video, but I don't want to see anything more than that. Same, same. So the next one, I don't have a lot to say about it because I still have not seen it, but Nick, I know that you will have a lot to say about it. So this one was Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, yeah. Where do I start? (laughs) Um, I mean, the the, the thing is, I was trying to... When I announced this, I was very excited because, uh, Mr. D, have you seen the trailer for Zombieland Double Tap? Yeah, I've seen the trailer, yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I loved Zombieland. I thought it was amazing. I mean, I've not seen Zombieland in a good seven, eight years or so. So it's not particularly fresh in my in my memory. I remember bits and pieces from it. Funny enough, it's actually on TV in the UK um, this weekend. Oh. On Comedy Central, so I had for it earlier. So I was like, right, I'm going to recall that. Um, so I can I can kind of re-watch it. And this, it, it says it's Zombieland Double Tap, but it says in the blurb that it's going to be bits from both films. Yes, so it's going to be based on the film and the upcoming sequel. Yeah. So I'll have a better idea once I re-watch Zombieland next week. But... Um, yeah, like Mr. D said, I remember it being like a lot of fun. The The trailer for the second one looks just as fun. It'll be interesting to see how or if they attempt to get Bill Murray involved in it. <laughs> it's quite an integral part of the first one. And both him and uh, Dan Aykroyd are going to be in the sequel. Amazing. In the first Zombieland, Amanda, because I know you haven't seen it, um, Bill Murray plays himself. It? I have not seen oh. it. You gotta watch Zombieland. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it's, it's a comedy it horror. It is. Yeah, but yeah, Bill Murray plays himself, uh, or plays a version of himself, <laughs> and he's excellent in it. Yeah, amazing. It's on my list of things to watch this week for sure. In preparation, I think it's rare that something ever gets announced for Horror Nights, and I haven't seen it. So <laughs> this is it's a weird one for me. Dead. <laughs> I'm going to take a packet of Twinkies and eat them in that scare zone. Absolutely. If they're not giving them out like they give out candy at Mickey's Not So Scary, they're missing a trick. 
we all know that Twinkies aren't expensive, um, except in the UK when they're ex- extortionate. Um, yes. But yeah, I think I think it'll be quite a fun little scare zone. Um, so I'm not quite sure how they're going to do it, but it's it's not a bad IP to have, and it, it'll be interesting because I'm pretty pretty certain that Zombieland is a Sony release. Huh. And uh, and I, I can't be able to check it out now because that would involve multitasking, and we all know that I can't do that. Um, that was very weird. My phone's rang for the first time in about five years. Wow. Um, and then stopped. Um, it's Bill Murray. <laughs> it's Bill Murray. Yeah. Stop talking about me while I'm up there. It's, it's Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, it is Rob Zombie saying, why haven't you two seen any of my films? Somebody, somebody said, who are you going to call to Bill Murray? And he called me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wonder if this could be, if I'm correct, and it is a Sony film, that it was almost like a package deal with getting Ghostbusters in there as a way to publicise this new film. I could be talking yeah. completely out of my bum because it could turn out after we finish the podcast and I look it up that actually it's got nothing to do with Sony at all, but I'm sure it was. It just seems like it's a little bit, it it fits in Halloween Horror Nights, as I said, because it's like that comedy horror thing. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd have expected it to have been a, a house more than anything else. Um, I've seen could... quite a few people say that today, that it seems like it would fit more as a house. Yeah. I don't have an opinion on it yet. No, I, I, I would say the same. It, it, could uh... be, it could be that the thing that they've done before, Mr. D, where it's the scare zone this year. Yeah, and it will be a house next year, as we've seen the last yeah. few years. Um, that would make sense. Did the was the original Zombieland ever a house? No, no. Okay. I don't believe it was. Hmm. I think as well. I mean, I don't know if it's a conscious decision, but I feel like with the amount of walking dead that we had, um, people were a little tired of zombies. Yeah. So. I feel like they're maybe a little cautious of doing outright zombies. Although they've got Zombie Land, Rob Zombie. I love any kind of history being involved with Halloween Horror Nights. So I'm super excited about the Nightingales one. Very, very excited about this. So the blurb for this one is we're all familiar with the Brutal Viking Warriors. It's terrifying enough thinking about facing them alive. Now picture facing them as the undead. They have risen and laid the siege to Central Park with an onslaught of gore. Bloodless never dies. So that means we're not getting any pumpkin trees in Central Park this year, which I'm a little bit heartbroken about. But if they were going to be replaced with anything, I'm down with Vikings and fire. I think this one's going to be super cool. I think the costumes are going to be amazing. I think it's just going to be a whole bunch of giant men, and I can't complain about that. Yeah, with the horns on. For sure, for sure. I'm kind of imagining, I know that Game of Thrones is not Vikings, but I'm kind of imagining the, like, um, the battle scenes where there's just fire everywhere and giant men and fur everywhere. I think it's going to help. The artwork for it is amazing. I think it's going to be great. It's a very small zone, though, for it. I imagine that it would be in... I know that it's hard to try and fit it in 
anywhere but I think imagine the kind of stuff that would be in the zone I would have said maybe like the New York area I know that would probably be better fit in with something like Zombieland which I, I think that is in the New York area um but I think this is a very very tight zone for just for such big men hmm. I don't know I'm excited to see how they're gonna do it especially because we do have a second show this year and that show we believe is going to be a water show on the lagoon. So earlier today I posted the press release and that said that we would have a brand new show that will debut for the first time ever at Halloween Horror Nights and last year people were kind of wondering whether the lagoon show would be utilised in some way at the event, and it wasn't. So everybody is kind of leaning right now towards that being our second show. So if that's true, and we'll have a viewing area where it usually is during the nighttime show, it will make that central park area even more cramped. Mm. And obviously people will have to filter through to get into the viewing area. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Unsure about it. Excited at the possibility of this water show, though. I know that when we had John Mazzari on and he'd said that he his music was going to be used in something else at the event, it makes sense that it would be for a lagoon show maybe like showing clips from things that they utilize at the event this year or just clips from like horror films in general they did have like a cinematic show on the lagoon at Halloween Horror Nights um, 16 which did just show clips from different horror films and I don't know I just don't know excited yeah it could be cool Mm-hmm, for sure. So the other show, which was confirmed today, is Academy of Villains. They are returning this year with Altered States. I love Academy of Villains. Uh, have you yeah. seen them, Paul? Yeah, yeah, we saw them, but they're in the uh, the Fear Factor arena this year, aren't they? That's, that's yeah. what it looks like. It was a very yeah. kind of odds like i wasn't sure if that was official or not it was um confirmed in the press statement that it would be in the fear factor live venue and when we saw them before they were on that area i think that's the area you were talking about manda near central park it was quite near where um the horror makeup show was yes that was 2000 and 16 yeah uh-huh. so 2016 and 2017 they were in that area last year they were in the fear factor stage replacing bill and ted so they'll be back there this year and this time it is going to be man's true nature dragged out into dark gothic streets of anarchy mm. that sounds good to me it sounds right up my street yeah but they were great i mean they were sort of um you know, that just a great dancing, good, good music. It was just a spectacular show. It was almost like a, like a sort of gory, spooky, um, sort of almost. 
I think that they are such a diverse group. And I feel like every time you think that you've seen everything that Can Villains has to offer, they just come back the next year with something completely different. I think every single person, because they have a giant team and we only see a small fraction of that team each year at the event and we see some new faces year on year, everybody's talented in their own way and everybody brings something different to the group. And I think we've never seen anything like that at the event before. I know when, when they were first announced, everybody was a little bit like, oh, what, a dance troupe at a horror event? But I think they fit in so well now. I think they're yeah. incredible. I absolutely adore them. And honestly, I hope that they come back every single year because I love them so much. Yeah. I hope that this year they get to do a little bit more inside the Fear Factor stage. I hope that they get to utilise like a little bit more like around the sides and stuff to kind of give it a similar kind of vibe as what we had when it was out on the street. Because I know I've spoke a few times about how I preferred it in the street because it had more of like a festival kind of vibe where you could come and go as you pleased and it made it a little bit easier for people to go and see it. But I think no matter what they do, it's going to be brilliant. And I've just seen the artwork for the show this year. I really hope that that's the artwork used on the T-shirts that they sell because it's gorgeous. I'll post it in our group in case people haven't seen it already. But it's fantastic. Absolutely beautiful. Nick, do you like Academy Villains? I, I mean, I didn't see them since the move to the the fear factor stage the bill and ted stage whatever you want to call it um i mean she called it the and ted stage one people don't um and i know the show last year was got a very kind of mixed reception and i think part of that was due to the fact that it was seen as the replacement to bill and ted which no one had asked for um which you know i, I kind of get but it's not their fault you yeah. know they weren't the ones responsible for universal not renewing that IP deal. So I, I hope that people this year are a bit more forgiving at the same time. Um, I hope they listen to the criticism of the show last year. There was actual legit criticism and try and work on that for this year's one. For sure. And I think it's not even necessarily just down to them. I think it's that it was a new thing for that kind of show to be in that stage and I think that the show directors maybe did need to work on a couple of things to make it run a little bit more smooth I think all the times that I saw it it was fantastic I can't complain about anything about it the only thing that I didn't like so much was having to wait in line to go in and watch it and then everybody gets sat and then it's a while until the show starts but it takes up like maybe 45 minutes of your night by that point I mean, we saw, we saw Academy Villains. Me and Craig saw Academy of Villains because we was walking through that area and they're just about to start a show. Mm-hmm. And it was that kind of spontaneous thing, which yeah. I think is a bit more fun. Whilst when you're doing something like this in that place, it is more structured, it is more regimented, and it does use that lose that spontaneity. So I, I get that. You know, I, I understand that. And that takes some of the energy out of it. And the impression I got, rightly or wrongly, is that they didn't get that much notice last year of what was going on, or, or i.e. where they were going to be. 
So when you go from a little pop-up stage in an area where you, you can start, I mean, although you can't start the shows whenever you want, but, um, you know, you're not waiting for people to get into a place and sit down. You know, you can just start a show as soon as the time is ready to. You know, I wonder if they'd kind of planned for a, a smaller show and then had to suddenly change things up because a small, you know, what they're going to plan to do on a small stage isn't going to work in a big stage. I don't know because when you when you watch the other shows that Academy of Villains do because they they're, they're not just at Halloween Horror Nights they perform all throughout the year in different variations they perform on very very big stages the majority of the time but then they'll also do tiny stages too I think that they they're very adaptable in what they do and I don't think that it was like a last minute thing that they were going to be put onto a, the field. No, but. The- the thing is, is that you plan for what you're going to be doing. So regardless of if you do a combination of big stages and small stages, if you get the call from Universal, we're having you back this year, and you're going to be on the same stage you've been on for the last two years, you think, great, we'll start working on our Halloween Horror Nights you know, exclusive show, and then you find out a month or two before, actually, uh, we're going to put you in the arena instead then your plans change. So what's have an idea. a show, but it's not what they were planning. Why don't we get Academy of Villains to come on the podcast to tell us all about it? Yep. So is that a good idea? Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Consider your wish, minor Luke's command. Because <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Right. You've we're arranging it. it as we speak. There you go. An exclusive for you. There you go, indeed. Now we need to make it happen. For as, long as, as long as I don't Chris Wakefield you. <laughs> so. uh, what's Chris Wakefield? No, nothing. Okay, moving on. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. The final scare zone, which is another original, is Vanity Ball. So this is plastic surgery based. 
Like Joan Rivers is going to be in attendance, or the ghost of Joan Rivers is going to be in attendance. Yep. I am, I, so I I didn't read too much into this. I heard the name, I heard plastic surgery. My assumption based on those two things is you're going to get horrendously disfigured people. I imagine so. So the artwork for this is very um, Bride of Frankenstein-ish, minus the hair. Lots of face stitches, purple eyeshadow, um, nails that look just like mine. And the tag is beauty is pain. Literally, in the streets of Hollywood, your flesh becomes the canvas as blade-wielding artists slice up woolen participants into horrific living works of art. I'm intrigued by this, mostly because Ash spends a lot of time making me watch a show called Botched. Don't know if you've seen it. No. It's basically people that have botched plastic surgery. And you yeah, see I've seen, I've seen pieces of it. Uh-huh. That's what I mean. Like, you know, I, I'm, what I'm almost hoping for is people with, like, uh, really big, like, smiles. Mm-hmm. Work done to their face or maybe an... Uh, an eye lift that's gone wrong or something. So they've got like one really bulbous eye, something like that. I want to see like a chicken head stitched onto a human body. Uh, I mean, I don't think any plastic surgeon worth their weight is going to be doing that kind of procedure. But, I don't, you know, I've never had plastic surgery. Maybe you're right. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights is not the place for a regular plastic surgeon. This is right. This is mm-hmm. quite right. Yeah. Probably not a place you go to look for one. No, I think we're going to see some weird... I mean, there you go. (laughs) Or they could do like a crossover with the yet-to-be-announced House of a Thousand Corpses house and do Fish Boy and have Dwight from the officer's head on a mermaid body. Well, hang on. Dwight Rain Wilson is in House of a Thousand Corpses. He sure is. Oh, I might watch it then. (laughs) I like it. I like how that's what swayed you. Yeah, I mean, look, not my passion for this film. No, 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 no. If anyone from the American office is in it, I'll give it a watch. That's why I watched the A Quiet Place. Amazing. Well, I'm thing, interested but... about this zone. Currently, it's at the bottom of my scare zone list, but I feel like my mind will be changed when I get there. So, what we what what's the list now? Because is that all the scare zones announced? That's all the scare zones. Well, yes and no. So, I have a feeling that there's something else, but it's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just going to be like a Roman horde of some kind, or I don't know. I just feel like there's something else. Okay, so what we've got, what we've got announced so far is Vanity Fair. What's it called? Vanity, Vanity Ball. Ball. Vanity Ball. Uh, I thought that can't be it. Um, <laughs> band Double Tap, Rob Zombie. An arcade. Yeah, the arcade. Vikings Undead. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? One, two, three. Yeah, that was five. Five. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my my top ones at the moment are probably going to be Zombie Land because I'm interested to see what they do. And... Also, the the arcade—they're the ones that stand out for me so far. Um, Amanda, we know yours is Rob Zombie, of course. Uh, but what about you, Mister D? Yeah, probably Zombie and the Vikings movie. 
Vikings. Yeah, Vikings could be interesting. It could be yeah. interesting. I think, obviously, Rob Zombie is my fave, but I feel like Vikings is going to be the sleeper hit of the year. I think it's going to be fantastic. So, and then they, so they've still got to announce one house, haven't they? One house left to announce, and then an official announcement on this second show. And then yeah. that is everything for Halloween Horror Nights 29. So I, I imagine would... yeah. that our final house announcement will be towards the end of this week. Yeah. And then our second show will be maybe the beginning of next week. I mean, we got a lot of news today, didn't we? We did, and also I'm kind of hoping that we get another one of those annual pass sold and round tables mm. where the creative team sit and give us more detail because we haven't actually had very, very much detail about the scare zones. And so I'm hoping that we get the chance for them to sit down and talk us through them and give us a little bit more backstory on them. Mm-hmm. But I've heard nothing about that yet. But I loved that last year because we got a little sneak peek at the merchandise that they were going to be selling so we could plan what we were going to buy. And I think it was just nice to see all the team together being passionate about the work that they've done. I do I do feel... I mean, look, I'm going this year. I'm very excited about going this year. Um, almost can't believe I'm going this year. Um and the fact that we're all going this year is just phenomenal. But I can't help but feel, as much as I'm looking forward to the event, that it seems to have been really weirdly handled this year in comparison to other years. Like you said, we're three weeks out. We got a deluge of information today, which was great. But we've gone long periods where there's been no announcements at all about anything. We're three weeks out from when the event starts. We've still got a house and a show to be revealed. I personally think both we'll hear both of those t- either towards the end of this week or this time next week. I, I can't see it being any longer than that. They need to get this news done. Um, but I just, I just feel that the announcements this year have just been really weirdly handled well we talked about this a few episodes ago and then one of our gorgeous listeners sent us some data about previous announcements and previous house announcements going back years and he was like get what you're saying but you're wrong (laughs) so last year we had um House announcement going up until well, house announcements and scares announcements going up until late August. So I think our final one was like the twenty first of August last year, and that was the scary tales. Yeah. So even though we feel like that's the case, it's not. I just wonder if it's because of like we said before the. The nature of getting a contract signed for the IPs and stuff. Um, I mean, there was a rumor going around that one of the IPs replaced a house that was already well into construction. And so that's uh-huh. basically start again from scratch, um, which obviously isn't an ideal situation, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, you know what? It probably, it probably is that. I think what we've had 
recent, you know, more recently is the fact that the event has started earlier and earlier. And so I think maybe that also kind of plays into when we expect things and when we get things. I just, I think the thing is, I think what I'm kind of getting at is I, I don't care when they do the announcements in, in one way because, you know, they're the masters of it. They do what they do when they think it's the right time. But I just, there's just this nagging feeling that the reason why it's, we've had such staggered kind of news this year is because there's been a lot of changes. Maybe, but I mean, it, when you get the data up and you look at the data, it's very similar in dates to last year for the announcements. Like all of them laid out is very, very similar. I think that it's just us as fans being weird about it. Oh, you're just <laughs> I think it's just us. I mean, a couple of years ago, so at Halloween Horror 37, we got original house announcements on the 31st of August. Oh, that's weird. I know. I like honestly, when when he sent us all of the all of the data over in a tweet, I'll retweet the tweet again today and I'll post it in our group. When you look at it, you're like, oh, it is just us. I mean, I'm but sorry for calling you a nerd. <laughs> but whoever you are, mystery tweeter, who will be retweeted soon, so we'll know who you are. Um, you are a nerd. Um but there's worse things to be nerds about, so let's let's you know don't take it to heart because it's a pretty good thing to be nerdy about. It is a very good thing to be nerdy about, and then like I like I like data, and usually a lot of the time Chris Ripley will give me all the data that I need, and I'll say something and he'll be like Amanda no, and I'm like, <laughs> or he'll be like Amanda look at my book, and I'm like oh yeah okay. She said book by the way, not. I did think for a second, he said, but, and I was like, huh? I mean, he might say that, I don't know, but... Not recently, anyway. Not not recently. No, he has a child. He's a dad now. Um, I'm just trying to find that tweet again, but my internet is being very strange to me. Well, you'll, so get, I, you'll be retweeted anyway, so... It will, and I can't... I have difficulty pronouncing the name anyway. It's like Dr. Strange. What? Like Chris Benoit is how I want to say it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say And Chris I actually Benoit. met him at Halloween Horror Nights last year. He's a, a top bloke. Really like him. Um, and a good kind of nerd. I appreciate it. But it is just us being greedy for announcements. Fair enough. I'm glad that's what it is. And it's not <laughs> panic stations. Yes. I mean, yes. look, you know, I think with everything announced, it, it to me looks like a strong year. Anyone that's moaning yeah. about Ghostbusters can uh, get somewhere else, uh, go somewhere else. That's fine. That's one less person for me to have to worry about. Um, I think the IPs look strong. I think the original houses look strong. There are some that I'm already dreading going into before the, the events even started. So, yeah, did we? Uh, I don't know. Get anxious. You're scared we? Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I honestly think it's going to be um, a very good year for Halloween Horror Nights. I think um, a lot of people that are not feeling too positive about it at the moment are going to change that opinion when they, they get there. Um, I, I just can't wait. Yeah. I'm Likewise. very much in agreement. I think this year is shaped not to be one of my favourite ever years. 
so many people have been messaging me in the last few days. People who are my friends in real life who have never been interested in Halloween Horror Nights before have been messaging me like, Amanda, please film in this scare zone. Please get pictures of this. Please do this. This is amazing. Wish we were coming this year. And I'm like, guys, I have spent years telling you this. I think what's hysterical about that is they're asking you to take pictures and videos if you weren't doing that already. I know. I'm like, what do you think I'd do? When I'm saying I can't come out tonight because I'm recording a video, what kind of video do you think I'm recording? Speaking of late announcements, two things. Firstly, uh, our meetup is going to be on the 28th of September. Yeah, that's a Saturday. Um, I, I'm going to sort of hopefully sort of venue out this week. So I will create something, an event in and put it in the group when that has been confirmed. So that's the first thing. The second one is that uh, we've had a few people ask about, we, we said we were going to uh, do a t-shirt for Halloween Horror Nights this year um, to tie in with the, the weekend that we're all going to be there. And I'm pleased to say I've had the sample back. I'm very happy with it. Um, we've got a new supplier. So we have a website at the moment with, uh, oh God, what are they called? I do not remember. Yeah, you, you mentioned it last time. Spreadshirt, <laughs> maybe? I think it might be Spreadshirt. Yeah, it's Spreadshirt. No, that's the old one. Yeah, that, no, it's, yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's where our web store is. Don't oh, right, yeah, okay. You won't find it there. I'm going to, these are going to be custom done. I'm going to put a link into how to get them in the group. So if you're not already a member of the Facebook group, get in there now. The tweet will also be going out as well with the information and pictures of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reason we're doing it that way is because I've been able to get the t-shirts cheaper than we would normally be able to do them for um, without diminishing the quality. So that's the whole reason we don't want to um, try and rip people off with uh, merchandise and spreadsheet it can be a little bit expensive sometimes. So I found someone new really happy with the product. Um, so details will be going in the group this week as well. So keep your eyes peeled. For sure. So also keep your eyes peeled on Luke's YouTube channel because he is going to have all of the scare zone updates in the next couple of weeks. You will not want to miss it. And that is Luke S. Bird, B-U-R-D, on YouTube. Anything else you guys want to say? No. um, I was just going to say, what's the hottest rumour in terms of the last house then? I mean... If we, we know what it is. <laughs> it's House of a Thousand Corpses. So before we wrap up, I just have a mini rant. And it's not very often that I'm negative about anything to do with theme parks or any jobs that people do in general. But I feel like I've just been watching the quality of the social media of Halloween Horror Nights decline over the last... I want to say two years and it's gotten to a point where I think it's just ridiculous now and I don't know whether it's like I know that I spoke to you guys in the group chat earlier about it about how it seems to be like the new fad for companies to kind of employ a social media team that will roast people and roast the customers and patrons and you see it a lot with companies like Wendy's. And we all kind of have a laugh about it. But then I'm like, but well, this is the customer. And you wouldn't, 
you would never walk into a store and expect for somebody to speak to you like that. And I, I mean, feel like I just don't understand it. There's that there's that famous place in America. There's a, a restaurant chain. I think it's like a burger place where the waitresses like are like awful. Like talk to you badly, give you really bad service. And that's the gimmick. Yeah. So I mean, I I get where that kind of thing comes from, but then you're going into that place knowing that's the gimmick of the of the establishment. Um, Wendy's is probably the most famous Twitter account that does that kind of thing. I don't think I've ever really seen them be negative to customers. They normally make snarky jokes to like their rivals. Yeah, exactly. And I like I still like I'm not massive on that either. I feel like I don't know. I expect the Halloween Horror Nights Twitter account to have a certain kind of vibe to it. And maybe I'm just spoiled from back in the days when we had Mike Aiello run the Twitter account and it was just information and maybe a little bit of backstory on the houses or like sneak peeks, things like that. And it just had a horror vibe to it and it was fitting with the event the way that the social media is handled right now is not at all fitting with the event. And I feel as though if I was somebody who was new to the event, it wouldn't entice me to go. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I get in some ways that when you run anything like that, you know, or if you're a celebrity or something, you'll get, almost as many people being positive about your product or about you uh, as being negative, right? So I get that there's probably like, uh, they get a lot of negativity as well. That's the nature of the beast with things like that. You always get people that like to sit behind their keyboard and, uh, you know, just type nonsense and whatever. Um, but I think the, the Twitter accounts have been very odd this yeah. more more so than previous years and as you say they've been a lot more snarky um they've been trying to wind people up what they should be doing is they should be building anticipation what they always used to seem to do was drop subtle hints about what might be announced and it yeah. would set people into a bit of a wild goose chase don't get me wrong but that was quite fun because then you'd have people speculating. Surely that's what you want people to be doing is talking about the event and trying to work out what the clues mean or what this cryptic message could be. Like, is there a hidden message in this tweet? Whatever it is. Um, And I just don't feel that that's what has been done this year. There seems to be a lot of, like, dangling carrots because it's going to wind people up. Yeah, but it's not even... It's it's not even like a Halloweeny vibe though. It's just like stupid stuff to the point where a tweet will be posted by them, and ninety percent of my Twitter feed is just like, "What? Why are they doing that? Like, what? Like, this is so cringe. What's going on?" And I'm like trying to be quiet about it, and I'm trying not to like get involved with the negativity. But I'm like, honestly, it's it's painful. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with dangling carrots, but the way that they've been doing it this year hasn't been fun. I don't think it's been done in, in the, the usual spirit and at times has been quite spiteful, I think. I agree. And, I mean, they were they posted a tweet last week and they asked people, like, what they'd won on their... They were going to write a tweet of what would be on, on your headstone. And a lot of the things that they were writing back to people, I just wasn't liking what they were saying. And I was like... The majority of the fan base for Halloween Hornet right now is teenagers and teenagers are sensitive. And I don't know. I just I just don't like the vibe. I've given my feedback on it. I don't like the way that it's being run right now. I feel like it needs to... I would never want to say that someone shouldn't have the job or I never want to like out somebody, but I feel like they don't have the right people running the social media team right now. Yeah, but then... Uh, uh, running a social media account shouldn't be one per like be the only job for one person like i'm sorry like it is not a full-time job it's not a full-time job i used to imagine that if you were going to be in charge of posting things for such a big company that your tweets would have to be approved by somebody i i don't think that's the case but you know, I've done some stuff before with um, a company called Hootsuite, who it's it's a tool which is designed for uh, companies more than you, you can use it as an individual. But the idea is that um, you almost have it licensed. So let's just say you work for Argos or someone like that. Other companies mm-hmm. are available. But the idea is is that you give these licenses out to a group of people, and they would all be able to have access to the Twitter accounts so they could write tweets, they can reply back to people, they can respond to direct messaging. So rather than it being just one person that's, you know, trying to bat all these things away and deal with all of these things, you actually have it like a, almost like a hidden team. That's mm-hmm. doing it. And when you, when you deal with companies and I, and I've done this before with, with companies where I might've had a complaint or something, um, you would normally get a message back from them and they would normally say who's who, who's written that message. But yeah. I don't think the majority of companies will vet what goes out, but I think there'll be an expectation of yeah. the content. So they won't literally see every single, or no one will spend their time looking at every single tweet. Otherwise it's a two-man job. It makes no sense. Um, but there would be like guidelines of what to do, and the the like the language to use and the tone to use and all of that kind of thing and i just don't feel that i mean because sometimes the the twitter account's completely fine and and almost yeah. feels like everything's going normal and other times where you're just like whoa where did that come from honestly i feel like a few weeks ago they unfollowed the account unfollowed everybody on twitter and that's fine you don't need to be following everyone on Twitter it's no big deal but then they changed the bio to scaring the poo emoji of people since 1991 and I was like what and a few days ago um there's quite a few people calling the account out for how it's changed and 
somebody else should be running it. And so Luke was one of those people. And then they'd said something snarky back about his YouTube videos. And I know that they like the person that's running it probably has never watched one of Luke's videos. Not that Luke's videos aren't brilliant because they are, but I don't think it was personal and spiteful. I, I, my guess, because I saw that as well, my guess is that they... They'd read his bio. Absolutely. They'd gone onto yeah. his Twitter account, saw that he's got a YouTube channel, and just like, right, that's what we're going to target. Exactly. But I, the, that just didn't sit well with me. Well, it doesn't. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what the problem is with stuff like that, um, especially as well when you haven't been like... And I don't think his tweet was was rude. No. But when you're not when you've not been rude or abusive in any way, um, whether you agree with the comment or not, there's ways of of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, basically telling you that your your content's rubbish, I can't remember what they actually said now, but um the problem with that, and you know, I can already hear uh the people shouting out snowflake as I say this, but the problem is is that people do have, you know, people are fragile sometimes. Not everyone has a really thick skin. And you don't know when you're talking to somebody, whether it's you're talking to them on the phone, whether you're um, talking to them on a forum, whether you're talking to them on social media, whatever it is, you don't know that person. You know, if it's a friend of, you know, if it's your actual friend, then you know the way you say things, you know that's how that's going to be interpreted. But when you're talking to strangers, you don't. And I think you do need to be careful about how you respond to people. Like I've I've had issues before where I felt that I was being targeted um, on a forum um, just because of the way that people were, were responding to me about things. Now, that was denied. I don't know whether... It was my interpretation of what was said that was a problem. I don't know if that if they were like that and were just telling me that they they weren't. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That the, the fact is is that you do not know what the impact of your language has on somebody else. Exactly, and this is a this is an account that the majority of people that follow it are hardcore Halloween Horror Nights fans, and I have spent years having my notifications on. For the Horror Nights account, obviously because if there's an announcement, I want to get that announcement straight away. And I've had to turn it off in the last year because the majority of the tweets that come out of it are just the kind of things that I'd see my 18-year-old cousin posting on Twitter. And I feel like it, it may not be a teen that is running the account, but it sure feels like it. And I feel like a lot of people feel the exact same way that I am right now I just I feel like it should just be run in a different way the thing is it doesn't matter about the age of the person it really like doesn't matter if they're a teenager whether they're you know a 36 year old man it doesn't it really doesn't matter who it is that's running it the fact is it's all about the content that's being put out and exactly. if the content at the moment that's being put out is actually having a negative effect all right like let's be honest how many people that have been wound up by that Twitter account or have had a snarky comment back, how many of those people are now not going to go to Halloween Horror Nights because of that? It's probably going to be a very small number because mm-hmm. most people are not going to let something like that spoil their fun of the actual event. But at the same time, if, as you said, 
that this is the first year that someone's planning to go. Yeah. That could put them off because they don't know what the event's going to be like. And if that, you know, your, your interaction with the official channel, wherever that may be, is how you feel that company's representing itself. That's it. And I know for certain that the team behind Halloween Horror Nights most likely wouldn't want to be represented in that way. And Universal Orlando wouldn't want to be represented in the way that the tweets are coming out. And it just it does just leave a bad taste in the mouth. I mean, there's plenty of snarky accounts on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Plenty. Uh, we see it all the time in the Disney community, right? Um, and most of them are like kind of parody accounts or whatever. And that's what they are. Yeah. None of those are official. No. You know, and Disney would not be allowing this. You know, D- Disney would not be allowing their social media to be used in such a way because it represents the brand. And even though Halloween Horror Nights is kind of an extension of the Universal brand, it's still part of the brand. Yeah. I said I just feel like it. You used to be able to have fun with the with the Horror Nights social media team, and it was all lighthearted, and it was like. It was if they tweeted you, it was cool and you could have a fun conversation with them. Now I feel like you say something snarky to me and I'm gonna lose my shit about it. Like, and I don't wanna feel like that. Or like you you say something snarky to somebody else and I'm gonna be angry about it. Like I don't want to feel like that about it. And I'm not being sensitive. It's just not what I wanna see from a Halloween Horror Nights card. And look, don't get me wrong, I'm not an angel. Um, you know, only recently we I had a bit of a, a public spat with um, WDW News Today or whatever that account is. Uh, I mean, look, I wasn't I wasn't the only one that did that um, because you know it, it's it's somebody that posts a lot of clickbaity articles or says a lot of things to roll people up uh, mm. to get views for his site. Um, that's someone who, and you know, to be fair, that person is someone that does go and personally attack people. So I kind of almost feel in a way, well, if, if you're prepared to do that, you're, you're tough enough to take it. But regardless of that, the fact is, I think all of us could be better in general. I don't think anyone is saying that they never tweet something or say something publicly, which uh, they might regret in some kind later on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're not representing a global brand no no exactly i think that the way that john murdy runs the halloween horror nights hollywood account is fantastic like he runs that himself and he will post q a's so fans can ask questions about any announcements that have just been made or he'll post his little by the prick on my thumbs and the wicked this way comes the day before announcements or a few hours before announcements made and he's very interactive on there and that's the way that ours used to be it was just content that was appropriate for the event yeah and right now it just isn't mr d is this why you stay off social media as much as you do <laughs> yeah i don't really get that much involved i'm more of a lurker and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i just um can't be bothered with that. i've got the time for it to be honest but uh hey yes if 
it sounds like they're they're kind of off track on this one. Um, and you've got to be careful with some of this. Some of the humour, it can be, uh, it doesn't take much to be a bit off colour and, you know, turn a lot of people off, does it? No, no. And honestly, I don't, like I said before I started my around, I don't like being negative about things. And I don't like seeing negativity about an event that I love so much. I know that's not directed at the events in general, but every time that this account tweets at this present time, it is just an awful lot of negativity about the account, and I don't like to see it. Yeah, it's so, a shame because it's a like, you know it's a great event, and we've got a strong lineup this year. So yeah, exactly. We don't, like, there's no need to be doing that. No, no. I feel like they're kind of trying to market to. Is it is it Gen Z? Uh, yes, I believe it. I'm is. old. I don't know. Um, I but I feel like that's kind of what they're trying to market like right now and it's it's just not working for me yeah but i don't want to get too hung up on it hopefully they will change it up for next year and we'll get back to the way that we know and love the social media accounts so a little sprinkle of positivity before we finish from everybody. So I will go first with my positivity. I do think this is going to be the most exciting year in a long time. I think it's a fantastic build up to Halloween Horror Night 30 next year. And I'm so happy to see so many people who are going to be new to the event coming this year for the first ever time. Nick, what is your positivity of the day? <laughs> my positivity <laughs> is despite the fact that I'm really awkward about meeting new people, um, I'm really looking forward to going out there uh yes. i wish i was going out there longer um but i'm really excited about hanging out with uh my buddy craig and p dubs and mr d and mr luke and of course meeting you for the first time so yes. it's all gonna be really exciting um i can't wait to to meet our listeners as well um i promise i won't be awkward the whole weekend just the first time um i'll be all right after the first time hopefully um but no i mean you know all of that all the ip just just everything it's looking like it's going to be a great time all round. for sure okay Polly d what's your positivity to end the episode well uh six weeks on friday we're all going to be there together express passing it and having a great time Yes. Can't wait. Let's get on those express passes, people. Counting and counting down the days. Uh, amazing. I know it seems like nothing. It is nothing. It's gonna be it is indeed you know. nothing. I better start packing. Uh, it, it also looks like I might be going to the Galaxy's Edge. So, well, that's, that's something. I'm going to talk about this on Days After Dark, and next episode that we record because I have very, very exciting news. So, on that note, we will see you guys probably later on the week for our final Halloween Horror Nights announcements. We will see you then. Goodbye. Au revoir. Oh, that was an awkward pause. (laughs) It's not Paul. He's not an awkward Paul. It might be.
This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.